Hello, is it me you're looking for? Yes, it is. I'll stop singing on this. I realized that I've been singing a lot on like the beginnings of the podcast. Oh, well, man, judge me if you want to. I have a singing voice that I think has some potential. Okay, so hi, welcome to the podcast. Let the set go. Uh, I have a cup of tea right next to me, and before I promise it's there's a meaning behind me saying what the heck is around me. So I have a cup of tea, and it's uh, let's see, it's I love lemon. That's what the tea bag says. And literally, as soon as I took a sip of this, I remembered why I love tea so much. Just the fact that these things are in this little bag and it's just basically their essence that you're drinking. That's cool freaking beans. And I'm normally a coffee drinker. Actually, I'm not. I'm I'm very used to drinking tea. And for some reason, as soon as I started this new radio job, I'm drinking more and more coffee, which I was also used to. Like it was tea and coffee, both of them. But I kind of phased tea out like you guys ain't strong enough for me right now. Coffee does the trick. But as soon as I tasted this tea, it just reminded me of why I love tea so much. And I've decided resolution, non-New Year resolution, is that I'm going to start drinking tea again. I like that it's Friday and I'm doing this because normally a lot of people... See, I promise, here comes the purpose of this thought. Um, A lot of people always are like, yo, I'll start this new diet or I'll start this new habit or I'll start exercising or I'll, I'll stop uh, texting this guy or I'll um, I'll clean my room or I'll whatever it is, whatever resolution you want to do or stop doing. You always plan it for a Monday, right? They kind of call it the Monday curse because if you've done this and you've also either Mondays came and it hasn't and it didn't start and then you're like, oh, Monday already came. I'll do it next Monday. Because you don't want to start off the, like, you don't want to start midweek, right? Either that happens or you start on Monday and then Tuesday something happens and you can't, you don't, you don't, you miss that gym class or, <laughs> or you, you take that smoke. Something happens. And I, I actually heard a talk on this about how sometimes when we plan to do things, um, the act alone of planning to do it, of like, of the, hey, I'll do it Monday makes you feel better about not doing it. Because in your mind, you're appeasing the guilt that you have over not uh, not accomplishing this, not accomplishing the diet or the stopping of the habit. And you feel guilty for it, right? But then you appease yourself by saying, oh, well, I'll start next Monday. And just the fact that you gave it a date, you, you put something in your mind, oh, you gave it a place, um, relieve some stress but at the end of the day once that day does come the execution just doesn't isn't there once that day comes and more so we plan ahead to to not even not so much to actually mark that as a start date but more so to relieve yourself of any guilt or of as much guilt as you do have over not coming through with whatever it is so then first of all isn't that crazy second I find that when I don't go next Monday, I'll start or or when I'm not like next week or Monday just passed, so I'm not going to do it. I just start right now because not what you can do later is legit what you can do right now. Like if you want to lose weight, you can legit start right now by not eating those chips that you're like, oh, this is my last bag until Monday. You know, it's it's really in that. So I say that to say this morning and granted, oh, here's one. I haven't slept today. I'm not going to drink coffee. 
And I think then it always happens that our biggest struggle with whatever we're trying to overcome happens right then and there when you're most vulnerable. And that always happens when you like begin to try to wean away from it or wean towards it. If it's like exercising or if it's like eating right, because you just got to prove that you bout it. So this is my proving that I'm about it. Well, today's going to be because I know I'm going to be tired as crapola. Yeah. So I say all of that. Shout out to the tea. I love lemon tea for reminding me about why I love it so much and why I need to stop drinking coffee. Not that I think coffee is bad for you, but I think that I'm becoming too reliant on coffee because I actually think coffee is not bad for you. And I and I drink it black like I drink it legit. No cream, no sugar, just black. Um so I'm not I'm not mad at coffee. It does a lot of good things for you. Granted, anything in moderation can be good for you. And anything you overuse is going to be bad for you, which I'm doing with coffee and I need to not. Um. Okay, I wanted to tell you about some other cool thing that happened to me a couple hours ago. So, oh, I, this story actually takes place circa two weeks ago. But I do have to explain it because it's something really cool. And I feel like it needs to be said. You need to hear it. Yes, you need to hear it. So, last week, promise it's mad light. Like, it's super light. It's not anything deep or heavy. Last week was heavy, though. We went straight into death talk and ghosts and imaginary friends that are really dead people. Questioning my childhood. But anyway, this week won't be like that. Or at least I don't know. This podcast turns into whatever it turns into as we go on. But... Last week, let's say I was driving home from work, which is around like early, early morning, like before 3 a.m. Driving home from work and there's a song that was in my head. Only I knew no word to this song. I just remember I used to listen to it when I was a kid. The reason why I think of this song is because it really makes me happy. And it's in Spanish, by the way. It really makes me happy. And I don't remember the last time I heard it. But I do remember the best times that I heard it and what pops into my head when I think of this song is like myself, my sister and my cousin Patty. Growing up, it was just us three on my mom's side. My mom's Salvadorian and she only has one sister and her sister had a daughter, Patty, who was born on St. Patrick's Day. Ha, <laughs> Patty, St. Patrick's Day. My aunt's hilarious. Um, so it was us three in, in the back of the car and then my mom and my aunt driving, going shopping somewhere. And... Uh, my aunt's ma- my aunt was like the hip one. Like my mom was the more the mature one, and she worked in business and and accounting and numbers and blah, blah, blah. And my aunt was more fun. She was a little younger. She liked concerts. She was cool, and so she would play like hip music. And I remember this was around the time that next song too close was popping on the radio because i remember the same memory i have for this song that i love that i can't figure out is the same memory that i have for next too close love when you touch it like that that song next too close okay just for reference if you didn't know the song uh by the way oh my gosh i'm totally sidetracking right now but by the way it's funny the songs when i was little that i would sing and then grow up and find out what the heck they were about. Because I was legit, I don't know, I want to say, let's just round it out to 10 years old. Um, I want to say I was that age and I was like singing along like how he said, like in that song he's talking about like how he put, he's poking her. like. <laughs> and then, you know, another song that makes me think like that is uh, uh, that, ooh, I want to make you sweat, sweat so you can't sweat no more. And if you cry, I oh my God, my singing voice. I'm going to push it, push it, push it some more. Okay, that song, 
was bad. And that was like when I was, I remember singing that in elementary school. As I'm rap- as I'm singing, rapping, or reggaeing it, um, dancehalling it, I'm thinking of myself in the yard as like when I was in elementary school, little ass girl thinking of that song. And now that I'm going back at it, it's like, yo, that song was about sex. <laughs> like he's talking about pushing his thing inside me more. Okay, so going back to the original point and story is I was thinking about this song for so like that whole drive home and I was mad because I didn't even have one word no melody like nothing of the song except the memory of the song and how good it made me feel and I also knew that this song went from this song went from like a slow Spanish song to an up-tempo like tropical Spanish song So that's explaining it to someone that doesn't know Spanish music. But for people that do, it was like a bachata song that then switched up into like a a reggaeton song. But it was before reggaeton was popping. Because I remember I was like, it was it was before reggaeton was a thing. It was like when it was like El General. So it was like that era, that time. That was like pre Daddy Yankee or pre like hella pre Pitbull. Little reggaeton history for you. Uh, so that's all I knew about the song. And I just remember it felt so good and I loved it. And I'm here thinking of it and trying to catch a melody, trying to trying to just remember one word. Because I know if I get one word or a couple words or like a phrase, I could put that shit on YouTube, on YouTube, on Google and like l- search lyrics and those words. And then a song will probably come up. Nothing, nothing happened. I drove all the way home. Nothing happened. I'm still not thinking of the song and I'm really bummed because then at this point I get mad discouraged like yo I probably will never hear this song again because it's probably just or when I hear it I'll be old as shit but it really makes me happy and it is I couldn't count I couldn't tell you the last time I heard it whatever that's last week so tonight we had a really really long day at work super long day at work and then I'm driving home and I need gas. As I'm driving home and I need gas, I'm like switching through the radio stations on my in my car. I'm switching through the radio stations and as I pull up to the gas station, I stop at a radio station because I'm pulling up to the gas station. And normally the song that was on, I would switch it. Like I would have switched that song because it it's like annoying to me right now. It's just too, I've heard it too many times. I would have switched it. But I pulled up to the gas station and it was time to turn off the car and get out, right? So... I get out of the car, I I pay, I put gas, and as I turn on the car again, the song is on. The song is fucking on. The song that I haven't heard in years. The song that last week I was killing myself over figuring out and I just couldn't get not even one word. It's playing on the radio. And I just I'm just like I just laugh. I'm like, yo, thank you, God. Like you're you're really the homie right now. He really came through. And, and and I and I know this is was meant for me to hear. I know he was probably like, yo, I'm gonna give you this morsel of goodness, really, because I know I would have changed that station. If I was still driving, that station would have been on another one until I found something that I liked, right? But because I had to stop, that song played out. And then when I turned the car back on, it was still on that same station. And it played the song. And I'm telling you, I had the best drive home ever. And I literally just had to drive home to tr- come drive back to work. But it was cool. Like, like now I feel like he, like, re-energized me because I felt I feel so energized now because I heard that song and it made me happy because then I started thinking of just everything that it entailed. Like I told you, it reminds me of my aunt and my mom in the front of the car and myself, my sister, and my cousin Patty. So 
I don't know. Just God's awesome. <laughs> That's the point of that story. God is awesome. He's really. I, sometimes I feel like I wish I could hug him, but not die in order to do so. Just like hug him because he's doing awesome stuff on earth. And if you take the time to just find those little moments, those little uh, coincidences and just be like, yo, God, you're awesome for that. Then then you'll find more like there like there's a saying, I guess, somewhere and I'm not going to get it right because I don't even know. it. I just know the gist of it, which is as soon as you start seeing it or, or find the blessing or find it in the small things, you'll find more. It'll like multiply and multiply because you'll see it everywhere. You'll see blessings everywhere and then you'll just get more. You, then you see you see that instead of seeing like if you if you see an error somewhere, you'll see errors everywhere, like in, within your life. And that'll it, they'll multiply because you're focusing on them. So. I went through my tea story. I went through my 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 happy dance um, song story, and there was something else. As I was talking about the song, something else popped in my head, and it popped right back out. So, I hope you're having a good morning. I know you know someone tweeted me. It's not morning for some of you. It's a drive home for some of you. It's nighttime. It's evening. Someone uh, tweeted me last week that my podcast is a good is a good listen for the ride home. So wherever you're spending your moment with me, I hope you have a great time. And I really just like the week's done, cool down, whatever happened in this week that could fuck with your day today, don't let it, it's over. Whatever happened that could help out your day or make you look forward to next week, let that be that, let that be that focus today. And I, I'm not trying to be like Gandhi guru Letty because I'm definitely not, but... There's things that I feel need to be said through me, so that, I think, was one of them. Okay. The documentary, too, comes out today, the Games album. He uh, He's actually going to be here in a couple hours, hence why I'm at work right now. So... I did the night show, then I did some extra, I did some, like, commercial work, and I did some extra stuff at work, and then I did that drive home, came back to work, because I'm going to be hanging out with the morning show today, talking a game. And it's cool because whenever this whenever this is out, I'll have more stuff to kind of maybe in ret in not retrospect, but I'll have more stuff to add to it, which could be something I may I know some people are hitting me to do like a double or like a not just one podcast a week. Maybe this will be a reason enough to do one quicker than usual. So he's coming in today and there's a lot of questions that I have over the album. I caught the stream last week. And I actually heard the song. Um, there are many different points in the, in the album that I want to touch on specifically. First of all, the samples are crazy. I remember listening to that uh, that sample he has with the song with Diddy, and it's that kick in the door, the biggie. One of my there's some. Do you have this? There's some instrumentals or there's some songs that that are kind of like classic to you that are untouchable, like that beat to kick in the door and I know it's sampled from something else but that beat and Biggie on that beat it to me is untouchable that like that is like like it's its own I feel that way about a lot of Tupac songs I feel that way about a lot of Lauryn Hill songs and I feel that way about that song by Biggie and I heard the beat on this damn documentary too and I'm like yo how the heck did he get that sample cleared and Diddy's on the song, so maybe that's why. <laughs> but he got hella sound. And, and see, I think what he did that was smart. Because we all know Game has like a, like he loves reminiscing. This is the thought I had probably like before I was in radio. Like, yo, Game loves fucking reminiscing. Not just rapping names together, but talking about what happened before. So it's in his, it's in his kind of like 
mystique, I guess, to do it. And for him to now have sampled a lot of songs, like he sampled, like he sampled that kick in the door. There's the an Erica feel, Erica Badu vibe on this album. I'm cool like that. I'm cool like that. Cause I'm cool, like, and he has that on his "Don't Trip" song. So that's the first thing that came to mind when I when I heard the album. I'm like, yo, these samples, bro, and they're samples that like make you feel good. So it's smart, like use stuff that works in the past and put it in in your new album. So at least people will be like, like you already know that stuff works with people. You know what I'm saying? Who was it? I think it was I think it was the Bruno Mars records. I'm I'm changing the subject right now. I want to say it's Bruno Mars. I saw this article about like the flipping or like the sampling of these old of these older records. It might have also it might have been Diddy who sampled like the you know how he sampled the message Granted Cube did too, but I think they said something along the lines of these songs came out at a time where they weren't giving their... No, it was the Bruno Mars. I'm switching it because also the message... I saw a little mini doc about it, so I might be mis... Like, misinterpret... I might... Yo, I have fucking haven't drank and my brain's not working and I'm not drinking coffee anymore. So excuse my jumble of words. I'll try to keep it down to a minimum. But a Bruno Mars record, you know how like he has records that pop and you, we are we already are familiar to the sounds uh, or the beats sampled uh, that he uses? I think they're their um yeah it was bruno mars i saw this article their workings reworkings of these songs has a lot to do with the fact that when these songs came out granted they were popular but because they were either from black artists or because they were of a non-popular culture at the time they didn't get their just due like let's say chart wise so but there's songs that are familiar to us because they're really really good but for whatever discriminatory factor that was around when these songs were made they weren't given their just due so now they re- reworked the song and they know people like it and now the song can actually take its place in the music history that it deserves to because bruno mars makes hits and shit so that's a cool little twist on that going all the way back to game and documentary too the samples were the first thing that caught out like caught my ear and i was like yo this is crazy these samples are dope he knows how to pick instrumentals now should I start with my issues or should I still keep complimenting okay because I have two major issues I'll get to them but let's let's keep on with like the goodness that I like from it because I do like I like I like no it's a good album I don't think game ever made well I don't think game is a gives us unsolid projects or gives us whack shit he makes us he makes good music. I think sometimes we we know him already. So, we might not be as hyped for it or we might not give it as much credit, but he has good music. I always say that's the case with like like if 50 came out with a song, right? No do not mean to tie them both into this podcast. But if 50 came out with a song or a good album like we won't really fuck with it. I don't know why just cuz we're like, "Oh, okay, 50, we know him already. You're familiar. What are you bringing?" Um but if, like, it was a new artist that had the same song, it'd be like, oh, shit, it's something new. There's a weird aesthetic there. But it happens. And maybe it is because we're familiar with him. Or maybe it's because we're familiar with him at uh, such a high level that we won't settle for, like, a meet. In, even if it's not bad. And maybe even if it's great, it's just not at the great, at the peak that they had. So we, we're not settling for it. Um the game's album is really good. I like I like the Kendrick record. Granted, I don't love the Kendrick record. And maybe it's just because I haven't heard it enough, but also because my issue lies with that record. What other songs are there? Oh, and my other issue. My other issue lies in the dollar 
Dollar in a Dream song. Not because of J. Cole, which a lot of people would probably assume. I know you assumed that. You, right there. I know you tried to. No. Not because of Cole. Because even with Cole, even when Cole says Dollar in a Dream, I go to Biggie. Fuck a dollar in a dream. But on Dollar in a Dream, the Lupe disc, the the saying like, I, I take it off your head like a toupee. I'm the only one that, I don't even know how he said it. I stayed the same, didn't go weird like Lupe. As soon as I heard that, I was like, man, that sucks. Especially because Lupe to me, and it's funny because I would like to I would like to say that Lupe, Fiasco, and I are friends. I like my friendship with Lupe because there's some weird stuff that I think about and I know that I can hit him and he won't be like, You're weird. I'll hit him and he'll entertain the idea and he'll he'll he kind of thinks at a at a different level than people. And so in order to even be around him, you have to you have to challenge yourself to think and to see different ideas and accept different opinions or at least try to understand them so like i'll talk to lupe about language and art like how he's just flipping into art and what it really means and it's it's more than just painting something on on a canvas it really like like it's crazy how you know how you know how uh rap artists have techniques in their raps where they, they switch up cadences or we have like fast rappers and we have like very slow trap rappers or we have like there's techniques like that in art that are identifiable when you're in the art community. You know, oh, this is a so-and-so art piece because the line was flicked to the left. Or this is a so-and-so art piece because he scraped the paper. Like, it's just, it has its own thing. Just like, oh, I know it's a West Coast record because I hear the mustard beat. Or I know it's an East Coast record because they said sun or whatever. Like, it's those indicators that art has. And he he showed, he's, like, explained those things to me. So I always go into, like, a conversation with Lupe, um, knowing I'm going to come out with stuff I didn't even think of or is not even in my world. And... It may be a freaking one-sided friendship because I get so much from him. And all he gets from me is, like, questions. Uh, I think his journey is very different than than the conventional rapper, but I don't think by any means he's weird. I could be considered weird because I think outside the box. But it does that then make me, like, why is that weird? Why am I categorized as something weird? And when we think of that word itself, we don't think of that word as something. It has a disdain about it. You know what I'm saying? So... I hear that diss and I'm just like, oh man, that sucks. So I hear it and then I hit Lupe and I'm like, yo, um, if nobody's mentioned this to you, like game set, game mentions you in a line, I heard it and it made me feel the way. And not even like he's talking shit. It's just he mentioned you, and and I feel the way. And he's like, what's the line? And I was like, it's take it to your head like a two, take it off your head like a two toupee. And I'm not saying you're right. I know I'm not. I didn't. I stayed the same. I didn't go weird like Lupe. And the way this guy handled it, he's like, he like laughed. And he's like, Letty, you know what? Lupe is the only thing that rhymes with toupee. <laughs> like he took it like that. And I thought that was mad cool. Because I didn't even mean for it to be like a, a, sh- a like of anything starter. But I just want, I didn't, I also didn't want it to hurt him. But I wanted to let him know it was out there. And I didn't want him to learn like, oh, game's talking shit about you. Oh, the game just is Lupe. I didn't want it to be like a blog thing. Be like, yo, there's a mention of you, just FYI. And so he took it in stride, and I thought that was cool. I thought that was commendable. In a in a rap field where even little things where I'm saying, hey, y'all have a lot of great fan bases, and I'm, I want to be as big as y'all, gets turned into a diss. You know what I'm saying? If you caught that subliminal, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, so I thought that was really cool of him. But that 
line being in a song with Absol, who is a, ve- a well-known friend of Lupe on the game's album, is just a little ugh to me. So I want to mention that. I'm, I want to mention that when I talk to Game today. Um, I also, another thing that I have that I want to speak to him about is is Game is very Game is very protective of his friends. He's very like. If you're my homie, I'm down for you. And if anybody fucks with you, I'ma fuck them up. And it's just, it's just that, it's just that, like, yo, man, thank you, thank you for looking out, thank you for having my back. Uh, on the album, he has a, a song with Kendrick Lamar, and in that, conceptually, it, it's like, yo, I remember you when you were younger, and when I was younger, this is what was happening with me, and like, just know, like, anyone's, anyone comes after you or, or whatever, you got a problem. Basically, you got a problem with Kendrick, you got a problem with me. And then the song a hundred. With Drake, it starts off like, yo, you came to L.A., someone tried to come at you, and, and I made made sure that didn't happen because I got your back. So I always wonder about about these people that are kind of caught in the middle of of two sides that not necessarily, I won't say are beefing. I can't say are beefing. I don't, I don't know the legit standings of Drake and Kendrick, but these people that kind of stand in the middle, and, and I, I want to know if how you deal with that. Because if if I'm saying, yo, I have your back, and if anybody fucks with you, I'm going to fuck them up. And I tell the person that's fucking with you, yo, I have your back, and if anybody fucks with you, I'm going to fuck them up. So then who are you? Like, it's a little bit of a a clash there. A clash of, I won't even say loyalty, but a clash of word. So I want to bring that up. And I will bring that up, and that's going to happen later. And as I was talking about that, I remember one thing that I wanted to talk about, too the narco corrido i know you're like what the heck does this have to do with me probably nothing (laughs) but i'm a hip-hop head and i was like yo this is like hip-hop i was watching this uh documentary and it's on netflix it's called narco cultura and basically it follows around two people the first person it follows around is is like csi in mexico a, a csi agent slash police officer and the second person it follows is a man in the USA who makes music called Narco Corrido. So it follows two different people around, right? And the dude, it, it, it was it was beautifully done for as grotesque as it is and as bad as it is. It was just very, very well done. Because on one hand, you have the agent, the police officer, the law enforcement, the CS, the crime scene investigator who's in Juarez, which is probably the most, like, the the city, like, the epicenter, I would say the epicenter of where all this bad shit is happening with the cartels, right? Where people are, people are dying, like, they're just killing people off. Women, children, elderly, as well as the bad, they're also getting the good guys. So, this man is, is deep in it, in the thick of it, like, having to investigate these crime scenes and, and maybe never find killers or know who the killers are, but you, but what can you really do but put a number on on these bodies and, and just write a report on them and, and take it away. And then still his, his unit being subject to both death threats, even deaths already, like it, the carrying out of these, of these death threats to corruption, to people on it being on both sides of the, as, as both being in law enforcement and with the, with the cartels. So there's one side of it. And then the other side of the documentary is this guy who does narco corridos and he's in the United States and a lot of what he does, he gets paid for like gangsters will pay him to write songs 
about their doings, about their gun, about their gang, about someone they shot, about like what they've done, so that they now have like a theme song, an anthem, or they're it, it's documented in via audio, and I guess it makes them feel like immortal. And he's like glamorized and, and he's going to these different, like he's making this music and it's making him money and, and he's living it. And so it's like a guy in the U.S. making money off of singing about what's really going on so many miles away from him in another country where this other guy is really fearing for his life, trying to trying to just do good. A little bit of vague history on Narco Corridos is like it branches off of what a corrido is. And let's say a corrido is like what hip-hop is. I've known them since I was growing up. My dad listens to a family, listens to this music. It's it's a type of dance music. It no, It's not rap in any form. Like, it's not like they're rapping. They're doing, like, they're singing. A lot of the times the subject matter in these songs and corridos is like girls or homies are drinking. Like, that's the subject matter. And girls, it's not, it's not like, oh, I got mad bitches. It's, it's my girl. I'm crying, I'm drinking, and I'm thinking about you because you left me because I cheated on you or, like, I love you so much or stuff like that. So that's a corrido, right? So more recently, this new kind of corridos come out, which they call narco corridos, which is basically now switching from the subject matter of, like I said, the the girl relationship or the friends or going out drinking. It's now turned into the glorification of guns and drugs and killing like there's there's songs like i'll kill your whole family with my ak-47 it's shocking these songs uh, i'm listening to them and i'm like yo what and there's there's like a there's a issue right now if these songs should be banned because they're played on the radio and so i'm thinking like yo like ban these shits like what the fuck like why are we why are we allowing this like why are we allowing these people to i don't want to say rap because it's not rap what they do but it's not singing either it's it's its own why are they making these songs that is saying like yo i'm from this and this this is what they call me i killed so-and-so's sister and i'm gonna shoot them and here's drugs and the like and and rep a cartel in mexico all of this stuff and i'm like yo what the hell is going on why are we letting this happen and then i think of because in the documentary there's a girl that's in love with this music she's like you know it's like hip-hop it's like the new hip-hop and then i'm thinking like bitch no but stop i have to think of the shock that hip-hop or let's go a little deeper into it and maybe not hip-hop but gangster rap gave people and i remember thinking back at like even watching the nwa movie and how like they were stomping on cds thinking of tupac and how they were doing they were trying to boycott him and and albums out that they didn't want played on the radio because it was too uh uh gang charged and violence charged and i and i think of it and i'm like i never had a problem with it personally i don't have a problem with that music and i'm thinking like yo that it's good music it, it's and then even go into what how ice cube explains in in the movie and and it's funny because in the movie they have like a press conference and i the o'shea jackson jr explains why they're they're re- really just if it didn't have they're they're making what happens in real life into a song because it happened in real life. They're not making any any of this up. When they say fuck the police or what happened with the police officers or the violence, um, it comes from experience. 
And when they say that, it's like, yo, you got, you have to give, you, it's right. Like, he's right. Art imitates life, right? So if I'm so like, yeah, they make so, they have so many valid points. Like, why are you, why are you trying to ban them? Like, don't. But then when I hear these narco corridos and I'm like, yo, what the fuck? Like, please, can we ban this stuff? But one of the singers or one of the artists that, that makes this music says in the documentary, like, yo, if it wasn't happening, we wouldn't be writing about it we're writing about it we're making music about it because it's happening look at how dire and severe the situation is with the cartels so art is imitating life and i can't be mad at that it's really it it's crazy how alike it is to what what hip-hop was out here and what's going on out there because that that music is crazy and then i think like yo this is what the other side must have felt like when like hip hop was coming up and when gangster rap was coming up and by the other side i mean like the people that maybe weren't accustomed to the music or maybe heard like the beginning songs or like the happy hip hop songs or the party hip hop songs and then like all of a sudden hear this this gangster rap and they're like what and it's like now i'm on that side of the fence when it comes to this situation it's like throwing me for a loop cuz then you're like oh my god like I was supporting this at one time, and then now I'm, like, as totally against this. But I guess that happens as you grow. But I still love hip-hop, and I still love G-Rap. Like, I'll, I'll, I fuck, like, a game rap. His album has hella banging in it. YG's albums, like, I, I can still appreciate it. But this Narco Corrido stuff, like, I can't. And there's a part of the documentary where they're, like, at a club, and everybody's singing along. And I'm telling you, I'm talking, like, girls are singing along, like, in their in their freaking dresses and i'm just like yo why are you singing along he's just he's talking about his ak-47 right now he's talking about his like i don't i don't know guns like that i i would insert crazy gun here that doesn't crazy shit here yeah so it tripped me out and it's something that i'm dealing with so i wanted to share with you maybe get your thoughts and it's fun it's just crazy that once your understanding of another person's point of view because granted these are pretty much very similar situations and in one situation i have I rest on one side and the other situation I rest on the other. So now I, I know both and I understand both and I can respect both. Because before it's like I would just look at the people against gangster rap like, no, what the hell? Like, why are you trying to shut it down? What's wrong with you? Like, um, this is expression. This is really what life is going on now here. I'm like, please, can we shut it down? Please, we don't need that stuff out. Like, please, this is not what it what it first was. Wild. Cole has a line on 2014 Forest Hills Drive where he's like, my fear comes from lack of awareness of the other side. And that's so important. And I want you to take that away for whatever whatever you're dealing with, whatever issue or uh, opposition you're finding or whatever person that you may not be getting along with or whatever situation that be that might be stressing you out. Take the time to not just look at it from your point of view. And I know this is so cliche to say, but look at it, not just look at it from another person's point of view, understand their point of view, like really step into them looking at you as the opposition look at yourself as what you bring to the table as far as the threat they may be feeling or the stress you may be giving to that person and once you understand it on a full scope on a, not just your side but on, on their side I'm not saying that it'll, it'll resolve the issue but I guarantee you it will give you if, even if this is what you want if you want the upper hand it will give you the upper hand because sometimes in situations we're so used to only looking at our side and seeing them as the bad 
We don't even take into account what they could be feeling. We don't even take into account what they could be losing or gaining. Um, we don't take into account what they could use as resource. We don't take anything into account because we just see them as like a no-go zone. But once you make them a go zone, like just try to get into their head. Try to try to understand where they're coming from. And not even from a malicious standpoint. Try to be on their side. Like mentally try to be their their friend that's that wants the, to see them win right if it's a person or if it's a situation if it's business whatever try to see it from that point of view and then you gain the most knowledge you can go at this situation the best because you have their best interest into account as well as your best interest and you will know where to push and pull if you need to win or you will know where to compromise if you need to have peace and I've told you I'm not being a guru. I promise I'm not Gandhi Latino. Uh, but these are things that I, I needed to share today for some reason. I know this podcast is really short, but hit me. I know I'm going to try to take a nap before I have to talk my shit that I told you that I'm going to tell game. So thank you for listening. I hope this somewhat helped any of your day, even if it's for a smile. Oh, and if it, if it didn't help, if I didn't make you laugh, can I right now? Can I end this with a joke? Okay. You said yes. And if you said nothing, you still said yes. I take silence as acceptance. Uh, okay. Blind man walks into a bar and a chair and a table. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>